Welcome to the Greg Allen Podcast. Thanks for joining us where we talk about life. I truly believe that everyone has a story to tell and a lesson to teach. And that's what this show is all about. So if you're enjoying the show, please head over and leave us a review. It helps us connect, inspire and help more people like you. And I just want to do a big shout out to you for taking the time to grow and improve. So good on you. Keep doing what you're doing and good luck in life. Hey, today we've got Mark Smith with us. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Uh, Mark's going to be running through the six core needs and how at the current state with coronavirus, all of our needs are being challenged and also how to set up your home office to make sure that you've got it optimized to be able to work from home if you've got family um, and how to manage your team remotely. So thanks so much for joining us, Mark. I'm really excited to have you here. Oh, thanks for inviting me to be here. It's, uh, it's uh, an honor to be able to share some information to help people out a little. Yeah, it's a crazy time we're in and such a eerie, weird feeling when you're driving down the street and you're doing business at the moment and people are canceling jobs or not coming into the shop or, you know, not catching up with you if you're face-to-face sort of uh, business. It's, uh, it's definitely a weird space we're in. So, um, yeah. Well, again, also the speed at which everything's evolving as well. Like I've been involved with a fitness studio here in Perth. That's uh, we knew that uh, our closure was coming, but uh, it happened a lot quicker than we expected. So, a bit of a scramble to get everything in place. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's changing so rapidly. It makes it very difficult to to plan ahead. So yeah, there's uh, hopefully we've got a few few tips to share today that'll help people uh, get their heads around that. Yeah, I totally feel the same way. Like we were hoping that nothing would happen, hoping, 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 then bam. Like, but in saying that, um, some people have been hit harder than others and gyms were one of the hardest, you know, cafes, restaurants, hospitality, tourism, that sort of stuff is getting a big blow at the moment. So excited to hear. Uh, what, are, what are some of the things as uh, involvement in the gym have you noticed from a total shutdown? Uh, well, it's, um, it's been interesting how we've had to then just, just adjust and pivot around a few, uh, ways of delivering, but ultimately it's, um, we, we knew it was coming. I think this is one of the gifts of living in Australia in quite an isolated country. Uh, I know from talking to friends and even myself a few weeks ago, we're like, oh, this will be okay. It won't affect me too much. Everything will be okay. Uh, to I think we should really start paying attention to this and see what happens to, oh my God, now we really need to sort stuff out. And the businesses that were proactive in thinking about how can we deliver things uh, remotely uh, are the ones that are going to survive this well. And the ones that, um, uh, that are just reacting or still going, oh, this will pass. It'll just be a temporary thing. Then they're the ones that are going to struggle. So I guess before we get into the deep stuff of what we're seeing as a trend in, in fitness is really understanding that as a business owner, I think people need to think long-term with this because even after the pandemic ends, there's likely to be a recession. Uh, so we, we need to fix the immediate problem of right now so we can keep cash flow going. But then we need to think longer term as far as what happens beyond that. And this is what we've noticed in the studio, um, the studio that I'm involved with is, first of all, people were just choosing to self-isolate at different levels uh, we had some members who are like have uh, sick sick loved ones or are in high contact with um, with people in high risk groups. Yep. We've got a couple of members who uh, 
just spend it like their, their job involves meeting a lot of people. So people in real estate, they've been really affected by this before the restrictions came in place. And we've got another person who's a nurse in, a, in ICU. So she's uh, self-isolating other than work as well because she's in contact with these people. But what we were noticing before the restrictions came in is rough numbers, probably 30% of people were choosing to be quite conservative and, uh, take take some restrictive measures and the other 60 percent originally were like yeah it'll be fine i don't see what everyone's worrying about or they have a healthier respect for it uh but they're just going to keep living their normal life as much as possible and then as we've had to escalate new things we found new ways to deliver um the same service to people and we've got a now got a mix of people who say yeah i still want to keep paying my membership i want to make sure that we support the business while i have a job and while i can and want to have the four walls to come back to at the end of this and then there's others who are like i'd like to contribute but i've lost my job so we're just finding ways to to yeah. help everyone out around different ways yeah it is yeah all of that sort of stuff is just flowing down isn't it so um yeah no interesting very interesting tell us a little bit about the six core needs and how people are being challenged around those at the moment <clears throat> all right so this comes from the uh the work of Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's, uh, who they, they generated this um, model of the six core needs. And basically our six core needs in order are a need for certainty. If we want a need for uh, certainty, we have a need for uncertainty or also referred to as variety. Then we have a need for significance, a need for connection, and they're our first four physical needs. And once those are met, we move into our higher order needs, our spiritual needs, which are growth and contribution. Now, we have um, we, we have a need to satisfy all of these needs in different areas of our lives in order to experience happiness, for, for lack of a better description. Yeah. And we'll meet these in all sorts of different ways. And they'll be unconscious. You'll just be automatic things. You won't necessarily think of, oh, I'm feeling a bit uncertain at the moment. I need to go and do... X, Y, Z. We'll just have these automatic ways of doing them and they'll either be met in a resourceful or an unresourceful way. And at the moment, all of these are being challenged and we, we can, by understanding these six core needs, we can start to see how they're going to play out for not only yourself, but potentially your, your team as well. Yeah, totally. So let's run through each core need at a time and how the coronavirus is affecting that need. So the most immediate one that people are going to be challenged around is connection. So uh, everyone's going to have a different way of experience connection. Some people have a greater need to be, uh, experience connection physically. So these are the huggers of the world, the people that like to high five or just need to be in the vicinity of people uh, physically, like actually in the room. Um, yep. Business people will see this as people who want to have face-to-face -face meetings but resist like this <laughs> Zoom or Skype meetings, uh, and they need that physical connection. Then people, uh, the next level is people will connect uh, intellectually. The more um, mental, in a good way, <laughs> the more mental focused people will connect through uh, conversation or challenge or, or the debate around ideas. Yep. Uh, some people have an emotional connection, so that doesn't necessarily mean to be face-to-face, -face, but these people will need to be on the phone regularly or at least having some sort of conversation that makes them feel, just feel something. It doesn't have to be feel happy. They'll feel connected for doing it, but they'll be the ones that are quite empathetic to 
what's going on and, and almost to a point of sympathetic, depending on how they're talking to, they will feel what the other person's feeling. So that's a good way of knowing if you're uh, more of an emotional person. And then there's the spiritual connection, people who get connected through an idea or just, just feel like they are part of a group. They don't have to be in it all the time. They just need to feel that they're, they're part of it. So now that we've collapsed all of our normal social uh, automatic habits that uh, have been a way that we've connected for literally centuries, the yeah. context has changed, but the, the method is still the same. Now we're isolating people. Uh, initially, people will be like, oh, yeah, great. I get to take a bit of time out. But um, very quickly, within the first, well, for some people in the first few days, for others within the first week or two, they'll start to feel this this isolation, and uh, that becomes quite challenging. So we need to find ways of connecting differently to what we did before. And uh, I have to commend you on uh, setting this up because this this is just one of the methods that starts to get people engaged or, or knowing that there is a world outside of your front door for uh, for a period of time. Yeah, so I've been remote uh, managing my business from the eastern states and my business, one of my businesses in, in Western Australia, then I felt a bit of disconnection, same sort of thing, like I wasn't there in person with my team anymore and for months I felt disconnected with them um, and then we started jumping onto conference calls like this and I, I realised I can have all of these people at once in this meeting and be almost touching knees with them right now. Like if we sat this close to yeah. one another, we would be touching <laughs> knees. It would be almost more intimate than we're used to in person. So I've, I found that you know, doing this is really great. So I think this is a good opportunity for people to realize we are getting more and more stuck in the digital space. We're on our phones. We're looking at Facebook a lot more, but we're never face calling anyone. If someone face calls mm. you, they're like, what the? No, that pocket dialed me on FaceTime. You know, like they, they think they're, you're faking it. <laughs> But um, I think yeah. people need to start to realize this is a genuine way to connect now and start to experience yeah. that. Yeah. Well, look, I've been talking to a couple of business owners as well who have traditionally resisted um, uh, online or, or Skype calls, those kind of things. And what, from talking to them, what I put it down to is a bit like hearing your own voice. Uh, for the first time, if you're not used to it or you don't uh, have the perspective of this is actually how I sound to everyone, it's only me that's finding it weird, then that's one part of it. But then all of a sudden you're on a screen and then people find it quite confronting. You're like, oh, wow, like, number one, there's nowhere to hide in a meeting anymore. Uh, number two, like, you can see yourself, which is quite distracting. So you just, just got to find my, my tip, having said that, my tip for people who are having challenges with the online uh, video world is just focus on the person that you were talking to or focus on a person to talk to like you would do in any other normal setting and that will make it feel a little bit more normal until you start to get, get comfortable with this kind of thing. Yeah, totally. That's a great way to learn how to connect when we can't go outside our house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, look, then beyond that, it's, it's just, yeah, phone calls are going to be the most important things is uh, people who you would normally talk to or have a couple of your favorite people on speed dial. Uh, I was just talking to my wife about this yesterday. Uh, she's got a um, group messenger chat with uh, a group of our friends or all the girlfriends. And she instigated a chat just saying, hey, guys, has anyone found themselves on Facebook just looking for someone to, to talk to? So they've organized a, uh, a Zoom, a Friday night Zoom catch up. Um, with uh, sparkling wine or sparkling water, depending on their choice, and uh, sit and, and, and have a bit of a face-to-face uh, -face catch up for uh, an hour or two or however long it takes. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for them for that. And uh, th these are the things we're going to start to innovate. But 
the, my biggest message is do it sooner rather than later. Don't wait until you hit a point of depression or oh, I hate yep. the world or the government has forced me to do the, what, whatever your, your self-talk becomes. Like start doing this now because this is the thing that's going to be most challenging. And we hope that this will just be a couple of weeks, but we need to plan as if it's going to be multiple months. And when you take it from that approach and you plan for the long term, so plan for the worst, but hope for the best. Yeah. I actually, <clears throat> I was on WhatsApp the other day with a group of my friends. I've got a, a friends group on WhatsApp. And um, I saw that three of us were chatting or four of us were all chatting, three other friends. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to start a video call because we're all like typing to each other. I'll just start yeah. a video call and I added the three people to the call. And they were all so awkward about the, the start of it. Like, <laughs> like, what's this? Like, they've never had a four-way call before. Um, but after mm. it, they were like, how good is this? Like, we can all talk to each other like we're around the table. Um, and, you know, it was a really, really good experience and a really good thing that, you know, I'd never done that. I'd never initiated it with my friends before. I've done it with business all the time, but to do it with my friends and three at once was, yeah, a really cool experience. So I really recommend people just j- just drop that on your friends and have a go and give it a go. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And look, <laughs> friends are, wow, well, mostly more forgiving than, uh, than business or just your peers. So, uh <laughs> They'll, uh, they'll, and they'll tell you if it's uh, a bad idea or what needs to be improved. So, yeah, give, give it a go. Definitely worth doing. But that's also a nice segue into the next one that we'll start to see, which is a challenge around certainty. Now, this is also the easiest to remedy because people will have had their previous existing routines to roll through. And now, like, there's so many things being challenged right now. People are being challenged around their um, certainty for job, their security, how the health of their, their loved ones, whatever is a, a primary core value for, for an individual, chances are that that is being challenged right now because it's such a changing landscape. For some people, it's going to be this uh, uncertainty of we don't know what's coming next. We can guess what the next level of lockdown or it is, but we don't know when or we don't know to what extreme or all that kind of stuff. So it is a lot of sit and wait and people who have a, a strong need for certainty are going to be heavily challenged around that right now. So one of the easiest ways to build certainty in your lifestyle is to create a routine. So if you are now working from home and you don't actually need to be at work nine till five, uh, then that, that makes it a little bit more challenging. It's easier to sleep in. You don't have to get in the car to go. Like your, your whole lifestyle routine will massively change. So the biggest thing is, Number one, go to bed at the same time every night because that makes it easier to get up at the same time every day. Just set your alarm and make it a normal day. And the way that I was saying this is a segue is uh, get dressed as if you're going to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's easy to be in a creative space or I don't have any meetings today so I can work from my bedroom in my pajamas. Make sure you get dressed because then you don't have to worry when Greg uh, randomly uh, FaceTimes you. <laughs> and if you've never done it before, um, making sure that you are prepared to present yourself to the world. So uh, it also creates this feeling. So when we dress ourselves in the morning, it's, uh, it is literally we're putting on a uniform. So everyone will have an experience of uh, their work clothes. Like, uh, I'm at home today, but I chose to put a shirt on. Uh, now, this particular shirt, for the purposes of doing this this video, um, I, I had a shower, I had a shave, <laughs> ready to present myself to the world, whereas if I didn't have to meet anyone, it would have been easy to just not do any of those things. Yeah. So, um, it's when we put our, like, everyone will have their, their formal clothes, 
Uh, like uh, even if you're going out to like a wedding or a ball, you're going to get dressed up different to going out to a casual cocktail party, to your friend's barbecue, to going to work, to coming home. And, and think about the times when you've gone to work and come home after a tough day and you're just like, the first thing you do is take those clothes off yeah. and you put your favourite comfortable pair of tracksuit pants on yeah. and you would never go out in them except maybe to the shops when you don't care but they're the most comfortable things in the world and your whole state changes when you do that so have a work uniform have a casual uniform have your relax r&r downtime uniform and change those through the day to give yourself a level of, of certainty through the day and that that will have a massive influence on your state to be be productive yeah totally I really love that idea of getting up, getting changed. If you put makeup on, put makeup on. If you do your hair, if you shave, like whatever it is, do that as, as if it was a normal work week. And then that way you'll, your mind will get into that state and you'll get to work and in your office at home or whatever it is. And then you can be productive. And at the end of the day, you can rip them off and put your casual stuff on and feel good. That's what I've not been doing, Mark. I haven't been putting my casual stuff on at the end of my work day. I always get up and get dressed. But I, I need to put more casual clothes on when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I look, and, uh, it's, it's easy, especially people who find themselves in uh, like shorts and T-shirt or shirts, like uh, work clothes. Like it's easy to just stay in those because you can do your afternoon activities. Like if you're wearing a suit and then you want to play with your kids at the end of the day, it gets really awkward. But if you can move well in those things, you still got that, but it just, it just feels weird. Uh, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it's uh, it, it literally it changes where your mind focuses. It's it's like flicking a switch into the next part of your day. So another thing about certainty that's being challenged at the moment is it the coronavirus? Like we have no idea what's going, or is that adding to the excitement of our life in the uncertainty part? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, so uh, it, it is. But uh, if people have like we got to satisfy our need for certainty before we uh, satisfy our need for a variety and adventure. Um, people, and we've talked about this before, you and I have a uh, high need for variety. We, we, when the chaos comes, we're like, wow, this is going to be exciting. Let's bring it. Uh, but we need to be respectful of the people who are then like, oh, my God, this has all been my, – my world has completely changed and I've got nothing to grab hold of. So, And even people who embrace the variety and venture, they still need some certainty to come back to. So if you remove all certainty, then, then things feel like they're just – like the earth is falling away beneath you. So, yeah. yeah, the coronavirus has been the trigger for this, both from a health and media perspective um, and also the, the knock-on effects that it's having for how we, how we run our lives. So what's the next thing? Are we, are we, we're going to move into uncertainty now or is there something else? That's yeah, so more... once, once, once people have gotten over this certainty, so what will happen, whether people are, do their daily routine with volition or they just kind of fall into it, after about a week, for those who are a bit slower to generate, it might be two weeks, then people will say, okay, this is this starting to feel like my new normal. I don't love it. Maybe they do love it. <laughs> um, but they'll start to get into a routine and get, get comfortable with it. There'll be a certain level of comfort. Now, the next thing that's going to kick in, and uh, obviously we're in the country at different stages of, of lockdown and different, uh, different levels, and especially if there's any international viewers you are probably a bit ahead of it than us and maybe well in the middle of the, the thing that comes next which is this challenge around variety the ways that we experience variety in the past uh can no, no longer be done so if you get to the end of the week of a fairly routine week and you're like okay friday night let's go out let's blow off some steam that's not going to happen now uh you are now 
in your house at the same place that you used to, that you've been working all week. And we started to get that cabin fever or that little bit of stir craziness. Now, people have a high need for certainty uh, and are satisfying most of their other needs that they'll be fine. They'll be like, oh, this is, this is good. Like, I, I'm, I'm comfortable here. I like this. People who have a high need for variety or adventure, they're going to be seeking variety. And what will happen is, is when, if we have a high need for any of these things and they're not being satisfied, uh, in our usual ways, they become a sabotage pattern. And this is the time where, like, I foresee that the people with a high need for a variety of adventure or, or um, just changing environments especially, uh, they're the people that are going to be the ones who are like, oh, you know what, we'll start making excuses of, oh, I just need this from the shops. I'm just going to duck out for a little bit yeah. and come back. And like, okay, that was nice. And then, oh, I forgot something. Oh, damn, I need to go out again. But they'll probably go to a different shop and, yeah. and mix it up. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I, I have a high – one of my drivers, one of my highest core needs is, is variety and adventure. And I've recognized one of the ways we satisfy this, um, I've got uh, three-and-a-half-year-old twins. So we spend a lot of times at parks and playgrounds. And my wife, she she has less of She's more on the certainty side of things than the variety. She'd be happy to go to the same park, same playground every week and go and play. And our girls, they don't care. As long as there's something to climb and slide on and, and play with, it's fine. So I acknowledge it's my need for variety. We will go to a different one every every week. Uh, we, we know which ones to go to, but... I, I get excited by the idea of like, oh, there's this new playground a couple of suburbs away. We need to go check it out. So uh, I, I can't do that anymore. I <laughs> so have the exact same situation at home with my family. So whenever I, like, I, hey, you've got the kids this morning. Okay, come on, kids, let's get in the car. Like, I'm out. I'm yeah. going somewhere. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter where it is. I'm going somewhere. But my wife's like, why do you always yeah. go out? Just stay at home and just chill. And I was like, no, I want to go out. <laughs> like. I don't want to stay at home, yeah. so I'm always at home. So, and she's so yeah, happy just exactly. to stay at home, yeah. So. <laughs> and you, you get sad to you get start seeing the um the, the same four walls. And again, some people are really comfortable with that, but even people who are are really set with that that level of um of uh being in the same environments then uh, going out like it's just there'll be a point where that will still need that variety and that's uh that extra engagement as well so these are all key things so we need to find ways of satisfying that need for variety so making sure um i know we're not in full lockdown in perth yet but uh i wasn't worried about food i know i'll be able to get food my concern is what do i need to get from bunnings to stock up on all my DIY projects, and uh, I already know that's going to be one of the ways that I can get variety. Um, the other way that I get variety in my life as well is just talking to different people and having these different kinds of conversations. It just it mixes it up, and uh, I'm good for another day. The next one that's going to be the challenge for this is coming in the fourth of the uh, the the um, basic needs is significance. So. We have a need all to be uh, to to feel a level of significance. So this is a feeling of importance, and it usually comes from at least being acknowledged for uh, for the things that we do. Again, some people will have a higher need for this than others, but um, the main thing is looking for uh, that feeling of importance. So if people are working from home and they're used to lots of connection, or uh, their their boss just walking past, looking over their shoulder, like oh. Good job. 
and move on. Like that's all it takes sometimes. And yeah. if we don't get that anymore, like the, the people are going to start, and this will happen a little bit further down the track, but they'll suddenly hit this point of feeling like they are not being seen. People have a high need for significance, also have a, a high need for the emotional connection. And uh, that'll start to play out over time that they're like, oh, no one, no one even notices me anymore. Uh, I'm just here in my office. What's the point? And they'll, they, they can quickly switch into this quite negative headspace. So um, making sure, especially for leaders in business. So if you've got a team, check in and make sure you are, you are you know, you're measuring performance. Um, we'll talk about that a bit more in a moment, but say you're measuring performance and you are giving praise as much as you are giving constructive feedback as well. It's easy in this kind of time to be trying to scramble to work out how do we make sense of this new world? And if you've got a team to manage, then, uh, telling people the things they should be doing or need to be doing or improving on, make sure you're picking out things like, Hey guys, well done. And even if it's just a team group, like, Hey, I, I know that's, uh, that working from home can be challenging. I just want you all to know that uh, I appreciate you all for for your diligence and commitment within all this. And some people are like, oh, cool, thanks. Those people who have that need for significance will really uh, benefit from that from a productivity point of view as well. Yeah, so I've got an example to share around that. Uh, Back on this uh, moving away and working remotely, my team started to feel a little bit of that because obviously operations management, they're always saying, you didn't do this, change this, can you do this? They're just like pumping out orders to try and get stuff all moving through the, the pipeline to the end to where we get get paid. But um, what we didn't have was a way to connect our people in my electrical business. We, we've got tradespeople that go out and they're in their own vans all day, every day, driving around, doing their jobs. They're seeing people and they're interacting with people, but in terms of getting that significance and that feedback from you know, myself and my ops uh, management team, there wasn't really an opportunity outside of the day-to-day grind of it all. So when we started to do these conference calls, we just asked our team to go to our, their first job at 7.30, park around the corner, get on your phone, and we're all gonna jump into this conference call for 30 minutes, and mm. we tell the client that they're gonna start at eight. Um, so they, everyone tunes in, at, you know, and we do this twice a week. So it only takes half an hour and it's like, they don't have to drive to the office. They don't have to sit around a big circle. They just pull out the phone and they're there. And so with, there's mm. no downtime. So it actually is a very cost effective thing to do as well. But once we started to do that, we had an opportunity 30 minutes twice a week to praise our team, to say good work, to talk about the wins, to talk about the lessons. like to share like significance around in that 30 minute. I was thinking, you know, like within a couple of weeks, everyone was completely different in terms of their, their energy, their, you know, their fulfillment at work. It was really, really rewarding to set up. So I recommend people start doing that if you're not already. Yeah. Well, look, I know I'll I'll add this in as well. This is a very generalized uh, comment, but it's worth being aware of. Uh, we can sometimes have people who, without even knowing it, may have some little elements of abandonment issues. So, um, and without getting into the psychology of it, uh, just this feeling that someone has left us. It, it, it can, uh, in a healthy way, it can feel just like it's almost like a breakup. Yeah. Uh, but then, in an unhealthy way, that we start to act out in in all sorts of different ways. So. Uh, if you have a good rapport with your people and you're able to have the conversation of, hey, look, how do you have have you experienced breakups in the past? That'll give you a good hint of how they're going to deal with people moving away. But uh, that's the biggest thing. We start to play out all these little things. It's easy to 
Well, the patterns that will play out with people. So in your experiences uh, that your staff may have noticed that the authority figure in their life has suddenly left. But from a physical thing, like you've not left mentally, you're still connected, you're in the business, but people don't always see it that way. They see it through their own eyes. And uh, we need to have that physical presence and uh, the digital way is, is the way to do that. And I really think that's this our current situation is really going to transform how we how we communicate and how we run our businesses and look i think a lot of businesses are going to learn to save a lot of money and uh, run a lot more efficiently as we come out the back of this by keeping some of these practices going yeah so one of our other experts talked about the phoenix out of the ashes like it's it's yeah. like it's like this <laughs> yeah. is such it seems like such a bad thing right now but then all of these new ways of living you know it's almost like I, I certainly have felt lonely from all of the digital things and found it hard to connect with people and all that sort of stuff. Um, so to create this and then everyone's reaching out and connecting and we've got something to connect on with every single person around the world, it's like maybe this is what we needed as, you know, uh, in the world, yeah. you know what I mean? So well, look, I have a saying which is uh, you know, change happens outside your comfort zone. And some people are very happy to step out of that comfort zone and challenge themselves and then come back into it. Uh, I refer to this as, as very much the athlete mindset. You don't have to be an athlete to have done this, but those people have certainly learned that characteristic. Uh, I have a background in karate and then we, the, there's the sayings about like, what, what, what got me really good at karate is I kept getting back up. <laughs> there was yeah. a period of time where I really was not very good at it at all. Um, but it's, it's a persistence and willing to, to try and grow. Um, so this is the same thing. This is forcing people way outside their comfort zones right now. And the sooner people get more comfortable with this, then the quicker it'll start to, to evolve. Um, and the second thing is like things like this, it, it just, people are now starting to look beyond tomorrow. Uh, a lot of people are going to be stuck in, I need to fix this right now. Uh, I need to keep cash coming into my business. And, and that's, that's an appropriate focus for right now. But once you've got that cash flow secured and you've planned for the, at least the next month, then you go, right, I've got enough to keep things going and that cash flow is cutting down your expenses while also maintaining that money coming in. Then taking a little bit of a moment every weekend or every week just to think, okay, let's, let's think six, three months from now. What's, what's going to happen? How does this go? Instead of just going, I hope this stops soon. Uh, and you're like, absolutely hope that it finishes soon. You can go back to business as usual, but if it doesn't, you've, you've got a plan to, to follow. And what's challenging now is we talk about, well, especially as a business coach, I talk about like three-month goals, six-month, 12-month, even five-year goals. Challenge now is that 12-month goal that we might have started at the start of the year as a New Year's resolution is now cloud. There's this big black cloud that you can't see past yet, and you don't know if that's even achievable. So now we just got to shorten that time frame and, and build from there. The, the next two, so we, we need to satisfy, um, just to recap, the certainty, the variety the uh, significance and the connection as our physical needs. And once we feel comfortable in those, then we evolve to our, our, our higher needs, which is growth and contribution. Now, the irony of this, the people who focus on growth and contribution right now are going to be the ones that are also going to help others feel that sense of connection, certainty, variety, significance. And they're the ones that are going to grow and innovate and, and lead people out of this, this crisis. Yeah. No, awesome. Excited to hear about these two. Cool. So, I, look, the, the biggest thing is the, the ones we've just talked about are probably the, the main focus for people's health and mental well-being and, and productivity right now. 
But then beyond that, we need to just take a little bit of time to think about, just take some time. And my, my biggest tip to satisfy your need for growth and your biggest uh, need, satisfying need for contribution right now is just scheduling in your week uh, just an hour. An hour more would be great, but just find one hour that's committed in your week to go, right, this is my hour where I'm going to learn something. Uh, I'm going to download an audiobook. I'm going to watch a podcast. I'm going to watch one of these videos, whatever it might be, to get you at least thinking a little bit differently and learning something new that you didn't previously know. Because when you take that and you assimilate it into your situation, we start to give ourselves options and different ideas on, on where to, to move from. So that's one part. That'll be the, the personal growth will lead to external growth. And adding in just, just one thing you can do to help others. So with a, a focus of of contribution. And it might simply be uh, knowing that you've run out of toilet paper and finding the shelves fully stacked and avoiding the urge to buy 20, 20 packs. Yeah. And I know we can't right now, but you get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> and leaving some on the shelf. Um, like I was in the shops yesterday. I needed to get some, some milk and we use uh, like long life coconut milk. And there were four on the shelf. Uh, I, I would have gotten four because we go through a lot of it. And there was this little element of just, I'll just take two. If there was only two on the shelf, I would have just taken one to like leave something there or at least assess like, okay, how, how badly do I really need this? Yeah. That, that's probably the simplest form that everyone can do. Uh, but other than that is just looking at if you are in a position where you are fortunate enough to, to have some cash flow and, and be relatively safe and secure, like donating, buy an extra tin of food. Uh, at the shops and drop it into a um, uh, like a, a shelter package or, or like a a, um, a charity bin, all those kind of things. So just finding ways to be able to give back yeah. for the purpose of giving back. Uh, if you're a business owner, the contribution now becomes a focus of instead of making profits for yourself uh, for the, the short term. If you're in a position to do this, at least keeping as many people employed or at least some cash flow coming to them as as much as possible. But understanding you've got to look after yourself in order before you, this oxygen mask principle. If you're going into debt and the business is going to close because you just keep paying everyone all the way through, that's not going to be good for anyone. But see, doing what you can to keep some, some cash going, people to keep them going uh, for a, with a, a philanthropic focus or a community focus. Yeah. And with those two things, it's going to make you feel good. And those other needs will start to get satisfied. Uh, across the board so just aiming to do whatever we can around the growth and contribution and the rest will start to fall into place as well yeah i I truly believe that that's what people need to start thinking about now we really need to pull together now in 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 this time and not fight and we see this these people in the shops fighting over things like they're going to run out and even if we did i'm sure if you were the type of person that left some or shared or have friends there's people in camaraderie, we're going to help each other out. If you run out, someone will help you. A stranger will help you if you let people know you've run out. So let's not fight over this, these resources we've got. Let's share and collaborate, and I think we're going to get through this, okay? Yeah. And, look, and this is just, it's just a fear response. So the way I frame it, when you see people do that, just tell them, it's like, oh, look, that they're just acting. They, they don't know what they're doing. They're just acting on what they believe is the best without any other information. So all you can do, if you buy into it, you become part of the problem. When you stay out of it and you're just like, oh, that's that's interesting. Not with disgust or, or aggression or, oh, my God, this this FOMO, this fear of missing out. It's not like that. There's, there is, there absolutely is enough for everyone. That's okay. That's their pattern and, and don't buy into it. That's all you can do. 
All right, so the other things we wanted to cover was uh, really just summarizing how to set up your work environment to work from home because this is something very new for people. And uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier about um, your environment. Now, your environment, as much as your clothing makes a difference to your state and, uh, and what identity you step into, your room in your house. So if you're working from home, rule number one, do not work from your bed because a bed is for uh, – Sleep and intimacy, that, that is all. When we start to mix up work with rest and pleasure, then, then this, this, it, it actually cre it creates what we call an anchor. So we attach work and you'll start to affect your sleep patterns. Ideally, is set up a room in your house that is your office, a room with a door. So then you can go, okay, bye everyone, I'm going to work now. And you go to work. You close the door and go, right, I am at work. Avoid and preferably somewhere that avoids distractions because you know Netflix is in the next room and if you've got kids that are home on school holidays or your school's closed, then they don't always understand. They want to come and play. So we've just got to set up some, some routines and some boundaries straight away. So having a room so you can go to work and going to work helps you be productive. But more importantly, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, I'm finishing work now and you go home from work when you walk out the door and you close the door on your office. And you're yeah. like, ah, okay, I'm home. That's really important. Now, not everyone has the luxury of having a room that they can set up as an office. Uh, so it's having a space in your house that you can isolate as that. And if a worst case scenario, you need to work at your dinner table. If you normally eat dinner or you have a seat that you normally sit at to, to eat your food, sit in a different place. So um, in one of our smaller houses previously, my wife and I, we would have, uh, we would have, we would sit in particular spots for, for dinner if we sat down to, to eat together at the table, and we would have because we run our own business together. We would have our um, strategic or board meetings uh, at the same table. It was our board table, but we would sit in different positions, and it would completely change the feel of it. So even if we were having a meeting, we'd do that, and then all right, clear the table, and then we would go back to um, jumping on to. Uh, our old positions and then just eat eat dinner and yeah. it, it creates that shift. Cool. Um, that's one part. We talked about changing your clothes and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and set some ground rules for the people in your home as well. Uh, if you've got kids and someone needs to be distracted, you might need to tag team with your, your partner if you're both working from home. Uh, other things as well is <clears throat> you're used to particular colleagues that you might sit next to at work. Now all of a sudden you've got a new colleague who – doesn't need to uh, listen to what you tell them to do. Uh, also, uh, look, for a lot of couples, we're now at a point where they're possibly spending more time together than they have ever spent before. And if there are any little challenges in your relationship, they're going to get amplified in a work mode. So make sure you take the time to every week have a date night, uh, which is, and you might not be going out, it's just like, okay, on Sunday night, we do no TV. And we sit and have dinner at the dinner table or it's movie night where we sit and, and we go to the movies in our at home and we pop some popcorn or yeah. whatever your thing is. So you connect with your most important people in your world um, because, you know, some people are not designed to live together and work together. Some people are fine. So you got to find that. Um, and understanding people's communication style. So something that my wife and I discovered long ago, we – uh, we originally had our home office set up where our, our desks were facing each other and we, we recognized we did it for ages and it was fine, it works, but the problem with this 
your your computer is right in front of you and you're in focus work mode all the time. Now what happens is just across the table, there is your your loved one, hopefully the person you care about most in the world, opposite you in that same moment. So when there's a conversation, it's often like, what What, what do you want? Let's, it becomes a bit more abrupt. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's, that's a bit weird. Yeah. So we, we changed our workspace so we then sit next to each other it seems really trivial, but it made a massive difference. It changed how we talked to each other. Our focus was on work. And then if we needed to have a conversation, we actually had to break away from that and turn and face each other and have a chat. Uh, the second thing that I noticed, so it's worth understanding, men, we are great at focusing. We are not good at, at, at jumping between tasks. And the reality is no one's good at jumping between tasks. But when you hear the cliche that women are better multitaskers, it's myth. No one can multitask. Women are just much better at jumping between different tasks. Mm. So this is something my wife and I discovered. If I'm in the focus of something and she asks a question, if I like, sometimes I don't hear her because I'm so focused. And that was a conversation we had to to have, which was like, just please understand, I'm not being rude. I'm not ignoring you. I just, I, I, I'm so focused on things. I just, I just don't hear you. Now, some partners won't want to hear that, but you need to have that conversation so that everyone understands. Yeah. Um, and secondly, is if I'm trying to multitask and she's asking me a more complex question, I won't be giving it enough attention to answer properly, and that will just annoy her. So well, yeah. we we have this little uh, conversation of. Um, I have to remember that some of the children just jump in and ask a question and I need to remember that. I need to acknowledge that or at least go, can we talk about this in a moment? But then she also remembers that the children just jump in out of habit and ask a question like, oh, that's right. He's focused. I'll ask him again in a minute. So uh, when she asked me, oh, look, can I run this past you when you have a moment? I was like, great. I just finished sending this email and then we can chat. She's like, great. That early in life is like remembering, okay, so what did you want to talk about? And half the time she'll be, oh, no, that's right. I worked it out. And the other half the time, like, oh, okay, this is it. The other thing that we often ask is um, we, we all have these patterns and uh, I'll, I'll share these on, on our website as well. There's a few questions to understand how we naturally make sense of the world. There's a meta program, which is our, uh, our communication, part of our communication style. And, uh, a lot of people, some people are internal problem solvers and some people are external. In fact, most people are external, but if you're internal, the question to ask is if you were to, uh, to work on a, a problem or if you needed to, to solve a problem, do you happily, can you sit down and just work it out yourself? Or do you absolutely need to talk it out with someone? Now, some people will know they need to talk it out. My follow-up question when I ask people is like, oh, no, I can pretty much work it out myself. So the follow-up question is if, if you sit down with a pen and paper and just work it out, do you come to a resolution or do you need to share with someone first? Like, oh, I need to share with someone first. Like, okay, just shortcut it straight to talking it out to someone. And even if that person doesn't give you feedback on that, that problem, the process of organizing your thoughts into a way that someone else understands usually solves a problem for you. So like, ah, I got it. Yeah. So it's just it's literally the process of speaking it helps solve the problem. So if you are one of those people or if you've got two people in the same room who are external uh, problem solvers, 
you're going to find yourselves just running things past each other all the time. And that you get to the end of the day, you're like, ah, oh, I didn't get anything done. We just chatted all, all day. So I was booking a bit of a time for that. And I'll ask my wife, I was like, look, do you need my feedback on this or do you just need to talk it out? And if she says, I just need to talk it out, I was like, oh, great. So I carry on what I'm doing and I'll do the uh, very male response. Like, uh-huh. Oh, oh interesting. That's like, and what will happen then is I'll just suddenly notice she stopped talking. Like, oh. Did you get to the end? Did you did you solve that? She's like, yes, I did. Thank you. I'm like, oh, no worries. <laughs> Didn't do anything, but that's it. Yeah. Or she'll say, okay, I need to. Yeah, I need your feedback on this. Like, okay, then I know my male brain goes, I need to pay attention to this. Hold on, let me just finish this thing that I'm doing so I can close it off, and then we'll sit and give it my full attention. So there, there are a couple of just basic tips, but they're probably my biggest tips on communication. A couple of examples on my helping couples. Uh, be able to do that, but then also decide if you need lunch breaks at separate times just to give yourself some space, but you need to communicate and, and work on how do you structure your day and when is it a mentally focused task and when is it not and have that conversation. You actually need to speak it out. Don't just assume that they know that, that if I'm not talking to you, it doesn't mean that I don't love you. It means that I'm, I'm head down, bum up, getting some work done. Yeah. I've got a little uh, add-on to that for a principle that people use in co-working spaces. But if you've got two headphones in, it means don't talk to me. If you've got one headphone yep. in, it means you can talk. I'm listening to music, but you can talk to me. And if you've got no headphones in, it's come talk to me. You know, it's just one of those yeah, one of those things that you can nice. use as a signal to the people around you that I'm, I've got my headphones in. Even if there's no music on them, like it's just sometimes you put your AirPods in yep. and just leave them in there. <laughs> And that's no music yeah. on, so you can listen about what's going on, but you, at least you're putting that symbol there. Yep, nice. And look, I would suggest keep doing that at home as well because there's something about doing this that, that kind of blocks out the whole world and you get to spend time in your head. Uh, as far as structuring your day, do your headphone, do not disturb, get stuff done in the morning and do your bit more creative thinking stuff in, in the afternoon is a good way of doing it. Um, and, and with that, that kind of leads us on to making sure you've got a, a performance measure. Now, a lot of businesses, if previously, if, if they don't have clear performance measures for individuals, then the, the default goes back to time, which is I turn up to work at nine, I go home at five, Yay me! I get my money magically appears in my bank again in two weeks' time. Yeah. Uh, now, and also the the in person when everyone's in the same space. That manager's management, whatever their style is, the reality is by being under the same roof, everyone's management or, or uh, leadership style is satisfied by just, just being there. Now, all of a sudden, we need to be quite have volition in how we manage different people, uh, both as a group and then individually. But then having those KPIs means that without looking over someone's shoulder or feeling like they're going to get caught out, which is... The, the motivator for the majority of people in an office environment, um, having those measures means that now if people are not working as, as long, they're still getting the work done, they're still earning their money, and you can remotely just check in how they're going, and you know when it's time to have a quick conversation, you go, hey, notice that this has dropped, what can I do to help you, what do you need, what, what problems are you facing, but also that individual can go, yeah, I'm on track, I got, got what I need to do done today. I can I can pack up. Uh, some people's trigger to go home, seeing everyone else go home. So yeah. these these are little things that there's a whole bunch of little triggers that we're unaware of that are going to start to play out now too. Yeah, awesome. All those things that you probably wouldn't think about normally if you were just you know, playing, mm. going your normal day. 
And it must be so much confusion for people coming into their own workspace and trying to do their work from home for the first time. And yeah, n not really knowing how to optimize that space is, is um, you know, they would have to go through all these problems and challenges and thoughts and fights and like all those yeah. things by themselves. So yeah, it's a really good point you're making. So yeah, appreciate you sharing. No worries. Look, that's that's. Oh, look, I've got plenty of other stuff we can talk about, but uh, I think that probably gives people enough to go on with. Um, I think the biggest thing that I really want to share is making sure that everyone just down just two or three things and implement some from right now because knowledge is wonderful. It's all good to hear these things, but if you then hear these things and just go back to whatever you're doing, or I'll start that next week, it, it just won't happen. So just choose one or two things that you can implement from right now in this moment and start doing them. Even if it means you've got to take an hour to rearrange your office or find a new space to work and set that up, uh, go and do that because you will earn that back multiplied over in, uh, in productivity off the back of it. Yeah, totally. Cool. Thanks so much, Mark. I really appreciate your time today. No worries. Thank you for having me.